at the PVYA North American News Conference uh, with Morgan, Noah, and Victor. Uh, we're discussing the topic of the roles of husbands and wives in marriage, and we have three young gentlemen who are hoping one day to be husbands in marriage, and we would like to talk about a couple of questions. First one being is how Orthodox marriage is different from secular civil marriage. My name is Noah. I'm originally from Missouri, and I'm a seminarian at Jordanville Holy Trinity Seminary. To me, the way that an Orthodox marriage differs from a secular marriage is that an Orthodox marriage is more focused on sort of your faith and more of a family, whereas secular marriage tends to be more of, oh, well, I like this person, so I want to be with them for a long time. Um, in an Orthodox marriage, you have a community that, that supports you and a community that you can turn to, whereas a lot of secular marriages, people have communities within them, but um, it's, it's more scattered. It's not as focused. Hi, I'm Morgan. I'm from San Francisco, California. Um, I agree with what Noah said. I think secular marriages oftentimes can be, you know, just for joy or for pleasure. Uh, but this is foreign to, you know, although Orthodox marriages are very joyous uh, in fulfilling, um, they are ultimately for a greater purpose of uh, our salvation and saving our souls. Um, I'm Victor, and um, I think one of the biggest differences on why Orthodox marriages work compared to secular is there's a more, like I said, as he's, as um, Morgan said before, there's a more of a wider community that you can rely on, talk to, and expand in secular. Like, you can also talk to other people, but with Orthodox, there's more people you can relate to and talk to compared to the secular people, and I think that's very important in the marriage as it can expand your views and reinstate your faith and why you're Orthodox in the first place especially with the goal of an Orthodox marriage being salvation, it's only natural that your, your sort of base is your church, since that is how we attain salvation is through the church and through the other Orthodox around us. And with that, there's a, there's a, as you were saying, there's a tremendous amount of support that comes from having the base being your church. Uh, one, of the, one of the concepts that I found most uh, inspiring in in uh, church marriages is the idea of having you know the same spiritual father and uh, having guidance through that and a lot of people a lot of secular marriages look for similar support systems through maybe you know psychology or, or therapists or you know different sort of groups but we have this already you know embedded in our uh, orthodox tradition and uh, it's also a two-way street so the church doesn't just support us in the marriage, but we are actively supporting the church and, uh, you know, God willing, raising a future generation to continue on, uh, you know, orthodoxy. Okay, sounds wonderful. Um, before marriage, what would you consider dating to be? Uh, how is dating as an Orthodox Christian different, and would you consider going to church together to be considered a date? In my personal opinion, dating as an Orthodox Christian is more, it's a way to get to know someone f with the idea that it will lead eventually to a marriage and to a family. It's not just kind of having fun with someone that you are attracted to or interested in. Um, so in terms of that, it, it can be beneficial to date someone that you already know. 
because when you start dating someone that you have no idea who they are, you can tend to put up barriers. You're sort of putting your best face forward, whereas when people are with, you know, other other groups and, and you're around a big group of people, it's hard to put up a wall for everybody. So you normally just act who you are. And when you know someone and you've seen how they interact with other people outside of the context of dating and then how they've acted towards you without this goal of, of, of dating, it, it's better to fully have a, a picture of who that person is. Do I want to spend the rest of my life with, with, with them? And you're not surprised once you get married of kind of finding out who they really are. Can going to church be considered as a date? Well, that's a really good question. Um, I think if people come from two separate churches, or well, two Orthodox churches, obviously, I think it's important to learn how the one church does this other thing one way and how their church does things the other way. And I think I can help an understanding of the other side and could possibly use a more understanding of the individual. And I think that's really important and could strengthen the relationship in a very positive way and could also strengthen the church relationship since could get to know each other better in the future. One thing that I hear from married people as far as meeting, you know, potential uh, husbands and wives is to be involved in in a group. And uh, through that, you can get to know people and to develop friendships. And through having friendships, you know, this can lead into... um, you know, potentially getting married or, you know, going on dates where you can further get to know uh, the person that you're interested in, potentially interested in marrying. Speaking of that, what things do you look for in your potential spouse? I would say the main focus is finding someone, of course, that shares your faith and not only is orthodox and label, but someone that actually participates in their church life as much as, you know, I would and someone that understands, you know, sort of who I am and someone that I, I truly understand, you know, as much as, as people can understand each other. Um, someone who can accept, you know, problems people have, accept, you know, faults because not everyone's perfect and, and someone that's willing to make sacrifices for you and someone that expects the same from me because if you're going to marry someone and expect them to to understand you, sacrifice for you. You need to be willing to do the exact same because it's a it's, it's a give and take relationship. It's not one sided. You're not marrying someone just because oh I like them and now they're to my benefit. You're supposed to benefit them as well. When I'm looking for someone, I think it's important to find someone that's very understanding for you. And I know this is a vague term, but a good person, which I know is incredibly vague. But what I mean by that is someone that's will be there for you and just understand your situation, whatever it is. Like, let's say you're going through a crisis and she's going to be there to support you and no matter what happens next. And this person will just help you get you through tough times, no matter what the situation is, and will understand your faith and why you worship it and will, hope, and will respect your decisions and why you made them. I think at the end of the day, apart from, you know, obviously, I think... You need to be able to have commonalities in the big things. It's okay to be different, uh, have differences, of course, but to share a similar perspective in you know the big things of life. One of those, of course, would be you know a common faith. And uh, at the end of the day, I think for me the question that 
I try to ask myself, or you know, I will try to ask myself is, could you see this person being the mother of your children? And what that means to me is, does, is this person willing to sacrifice themselves for the marriage and for the children? And is she loving? Does she have love? Uh, like, you know, like what my mother gave to me. I remember all these things. And this is what I look for in, uh, in, a, in a woman. Yeah, and I think absolutely when you touch on sort of love, love in a true kind of uh, Christian, you know, orthodox sense, not just, oh, I like going and doing things with you. I like, uh, you know, going to the movies. You know, you need to find someone that you can just be with, just be around and enjoy each other's company and someone you care about outside of just having fun. Um, Father Cosmas in Australia once was talking to a young man, and he said, Father, uh, there's this woman I really want to marry. So he started asking him, well, wh why do you want to marry this woman? And the primary reason that this man gave was, well, she loves gelato ice cream, and I love gelato ice cream, so we're perfect for each other. But then what happens when you're not going and getting gelato ice cream? You know, are you still going to care about each other? Are you still going to love each other? Or is this just a way of kind of having your own fun, but you happen to be with someone? Wonderful. Next question is, um, is marriage an aesthetic endeavor? I would say absolutely, because if you look at asceticism, you know, your goal is obviously to obtain salvation. This is what marriage was given to us for, but also in the, in the sense of you're sacrificing yourself. Marriage is one of the ultimate sacrifices you can make in your life because you're essentially giving your life up to another person. And that's, we touched on a question earlier of the difference between secular marriage and orthodox marriage. That's a primary difference is, is the absolutely total sacrifice that we're expected to make for each other within a marriage. You can't just say, oh, well, we'll both do what we want. And that can lead to conflicts. You know, if, if a husband has to give up doing something or has to take a part of himself and, and put it away to help his wife, and if she has to do that, that's um, very God-pleasing in the same way that monks have to, you know, have their obedience to each other. They have to, they're expected to love each other, and they're expected to completely sacrifice themselves for the church in a sense of, in a similar way where they're married to the church. I think the, the spirit of asceticism and self-sacrifice is really the only way to make love last in a relationship because you know when you get to know when you get to when you do anything when you get to know anyone you know the the feelings that you uh, once had will fade and that's natural with anything and the only way to continue to renew that love is to serve and to give yourself and to have a spirit of self-sacrifice and you could even say a spirit of asceticism uh, to keep the love alive well i think my answer to this question is yes as well, as the two bench before me, sacrifice, it's all about sacrifice. As when you enter a marriage, you have to sacrifice part of yourself to be with this person. Like, you have to sacrifice yourself for your faith as you have to believe this religion out of all the religions. And that's the most important thing, even though your friends may not believe in it. You have to believe in it because that's the important thing that made you who you are. And sacrifices could in, in your marriage could involve, well, working more hours just to pay for your house, possibly 
not be together due to, you know, work. But the sacrifices could also result in being together more often, being happy together, starting a family. And granted, that was all more sacrifice as you have to work more just to, you know, pay for your kids' food and college and, and stuff. But it'll be worth it in the end, I think. Oh, yeah. Even just putting, even just having kids is absolutely a form of oh, very much so. of asceticism. <laughs> Speaking of sacrifices and providing for the family, is there only one breadwinner in a household? Well, that's a very good question. Um, I think in the beginning, the mother would have to be near the child. But as time goes on, things, expenses will rise up and up. So at one point, the two adults might have to work and become the two breadwinners of the family. And then if things get more expensive, the kids will have to work and it might increase as time goes on. But yeah, I think breadwinner just changes constantly, I think. Yeah, we've seen so many different situations, and at the end of the day, the parents should do whatever they can do to help and support the family. Absolutely, and I would say, ideally, there would just be, you know, one breadwinner, uh, the the man, you know, providing for the house, and the woman sort of um, taking care of the children, raising them, teaching them, but in the modern age... we don't live in an ideal society. Um, both parents have to work, and I think if you're in a situation where both parents have to work, it has to be in a way where they're absolutely putting their children first. It doesn't matter. All of this is to support the children, and the children should not be just a, a thing that they have, and their jobs are their focus of their life. You, you see a lot of families where this is the case, and it leads to very unhealthy relationships between the parents and the children. And one thing young men need to ask themselves if they're willing to get married is, can I provide for a family? Can I be potentially the sole breadwinner? Because anything could happen. Your wife could, you know, if she, she could be working after you get married, but then she has kids. She doesn't want to work anymore. She wants to take care of the kids. Or, God forbid, she were to pass away, you know, and then you have a family to take care of. If you're in a position where you're solely relying on the fact that both of you have, have jobs, it, it, it can lead to dangers. So I think young men need to be prepared to be the sole provider for their family. Wonderful. Thank you very much. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you.